Welcome in to We Talk Facts with nine-year NBA veteran and Nebraska basketball Hall of Famer Eric Strickland and two-time Nebraska football national champion Cluster Johnson. Talking shh and taking names in sports and day-to-day living. Sit back, relax, and join the show with nine-year NBA vet and Nebraska basketball Hall of Famer Eric Strickland and two-time Nebraska football national champion, Cluster Johnson. Yo, yo, yo. What the is going on with y'all today? It is another Thursday. And guess what? We didn't forget. It's Thirsty Thursday as well on WTF. We talk facts. Cluster Johnson, Eric Strickland, Harrison R's on the ones and twos. It is a beautiful night, but be careful out there. Stay warm. Stay protected. The, the, the winter storm is continuing to blast us here in the state of Nebraska, so we want you all to be safe. I definitely will be in Lincoln tomorrow. I'm going to fight rain sleet or snow to get down there so i can make sure to see uh coach danny knee and and some of my old brothers that played for the huskers as we embarked on the first big eight championship that nebraska was brought home by that group of of men and coaches so we're going to celebrate that this saturday as they play northwestern at pinnacle bank arena but today it is thirsty thursday in wtf class what the is going on Listen, I'm in my Bootsy Collins mode, as you can see. Uh-huh. And I'm Pretty at home clean. roasting some chestnuts on an open fire. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jack yes, Frost sir. is out there nipping at your nose, but I'm here in the warm, comfortable confines of Casa de Johnson. De la Casa. Yeah, Casa de la Johnson. Harrison, what's going on today, my friend? How are you? You staying, you know, you, you good? You bundled up? You all right? Yeah, we're, we're good. We made it through the uh, snow squall. Had to Google that one to figure out what the squall was. It's been a while since I've seen that one come up. But uh, yeah, snow is pretty much past us at this point. Roads are slick. Be out there if you're safe. But yeah, I'm doing good. We got uh, plenty of good content here left on Ticket Weeknights. And it's always good to start it off with We Talk Facts. But yeah, plenty of good stuff coming up ahead here. Class, what up? Harrison, can I say something to you right now? And I really hope you don't take offense to this. Okay? <laughs> yeah, shoot, shoot. This is this is one of the utmost compliments I could give a man, particularly my white brother right here. <laughs> you look like one of, you know, like you're in sync right now. You're like one of the Backstreet Boys. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, I mean, he's got Don't his hair all done. He's got look like he got a little scarf of me. What's going on right now? We're preparing uh, for the elements out there, Cluster. It's been tough out here. Oh, made gosh. me want to say bye, bye, bye. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> wow wow man wow you are no you're an official NSYNC member now uh harrison. that's a compliment harrison that's a compliment yeah i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure <laughs> shout out to everybody that's tuned in today thank you for joining us on we talk facts we're going to get right into it uh we're going to talk about what's going on down on the south side south side my hometown in alabama because Kalen DeBoer has taken over as the new generation of Alabama football is popping off, kicking off, and jumping off, 
But he has some issues and some problems in the meantime, in between time. A lot of people have hit the portal. A whole bunch of people have jumped into the transfer portal. They're on their way out the door. And it is going to be a heavy turnover time down there. He's got a lot of work to do. The staff has a lot of work to do. Losing five-star Caleb Downs as well as Caden Proctor, who will go to Iowa. Caleb Downs will be making his way. Uh, I think he is going to, I want to say, Georgia. He's going across the border. He's going over to Georgia. So initially, man, we know this happens all the time, class. This is something that happens regularly. The transfer portal is a hotbed. Everybody jumps in it and wants to, uh, you know, wants to get a tan, right? So right now, when you look at the Alabama situation, obviously Nick Saban has has gone. He's retired. Before he retired, he had a number three recruiting class, but a lot of those people are. Uh, high-telling it for the high heels. Now, when you look at it, what do you think the possibilities are for him? Because one thing is sure about Caleb, I mean, about uh, K, K, <coughs> Caleb DeBoer, Caleb DeBoer, is Caleb DeBoer has a 104-12 and 12 record, and that's 67-3 and three at the NIA level in Sioux Falls as well. So, uh, with the Huskies, he was 25 and three. He's a winner. Like, I mean, he's coming with a winning pedigree. He's coming uh, in everywhere he's gone. He's won. So it's not like he's a bad coach or uh, it's it's that situation. It's just that 17 years, 17 years that man has been there. He's been a stableton there. He's got a statue. What do you see in what Kalen DeBoer is going to do? Is this good for the program? Uh, him starting on his own because it didn't necessarily wasn't his whole team when he was at um, Washington. It was, it was some of the turnovers, some of the guys he had was some leftovers. So he was able to win with the leftovers. What is he going to do with the team that is now vacating? Well, let me agree with everything that you just stated. You did it beautifully. I want to say you, you did it beautifully. You articulated yourself, but I want to pull something out that I'm going to take you on another angle. All right. Definitely, definitely, he's a winner. Definitely, he's done it on multiple levels. He's obviously knows how to recruit. He knows how to go in, make an assessment, see what he needs. Bam, put his system in. It's been immaculate at Washington. Okay. Now, here is the issue that I have. Here's the issue that I have. You never follow a legend. Mm. You never follow a legend. I don't really break I that down. I would have respectfully declined that position because he had a good thing going at Washington. Washington is about to go into the Big Ten, and they're not going to be considered the favorites right away. I mean, he could have went in there, kind of made a name for himself. Uh, maybe had that's probably a little bit a path of the least resistance, but I'm gonna tell you what. At Alabama right now, it's championship or bus. Mm. It's championship or bus. It doesn't matter. Like this guy could have eleven and two seasons, twelve and you know two seasons, one game. I'm gonna tell you, after two three years, he hadn't won a championship. He gonna be on the hot seat. I'm wow. just letting you know. I'm just wow. letting you know. I mean, let's go back and look at what Coach Solis did. Coach Solis had the second best winning percentage at Nebraska. I mean, maybe second or third. Maybe behind Pelini slightly. Mm. 
I want to say he's somewhere around 78%, all 77, 78%, almost 80%. Yeah. Look how much of a hot seat he was on. And he took a team, he won a big, big, big 12 championship, and he went to a national championship. They were still on him like that ain't good enough, you know. Um, all teams have had issues when you think about it. Michigan has had issues. Miami's had issues. It doesn't matter if, if you're following a legend, you better let somebody else go in there and get smacked around and then come through. Bring your guy. Come through years later. Not not right now. That's that's just my personal thought on it. Let me throw this to both of you then. So here's here's the situation. Because this isn't the only time that this has happened, right? I mean, you've got to think about it when whether at the professional league, uh, when you know Bear Bryant leaves, when Tom Landry leaves, when uh, you know uh, uh, who else, Jimmy Johnson leaves um, at the college level, right? This is one of them. Bear, you know, listen, they haven't been the same at Florida State until now since Bobby Bowden left, right? There was a huge downswell. They kind of hung around for then. They never really came back up until just recent. Well, Jimbo same thing Fisher, happened at Nebraska. Jimbo Fisher had a few years there at Florida State where he won a championship, but haven't been able to maintain the consistency. The consistency, right? Yeah. Um, you can say some of that for Florida, um, Miami, teams that have kind of fallen off um, after sometimes legends have kind of left the programs, right? Yeah. Who in the recent times now of this coaching carousel is one of those that if they leave can set the program ablaze? I'd love your thoughts on that. Well, the team that has done the best job in this modern era to me has probably been Ohio State. Ohio State has gone through a few coaches. They've had maybe a blip, a blip of a year. Would actually so you think after Trestle, you think after Trestle left, or after um, your boy would yes. be like the fill on booty? So after Trestle left, the coach that's at Wisconsin right now, what's his name? He didn't hear me, Harrison. Luke Fickle. He didn't. He didn't hear me, Harrison. If you heard me, I missed that one. <laughs> he missed it. It went. It went over there. I said, "Was it Trestle or was it the one that liked to fill on the booty?" <laughs> <laughs> and you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, Urban Meyer, let me see. No, no, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer's successor is right now. Yeah. His, so they, his successor. They, they're the only ones that had consistency. Right. His successor's only lost. I mean, what has he lost at Ohio State? Maybe like 10 games? Maybe. You know? Maybe or something like that. Like it's crazy. Like they think it may be under ten actually because they've they've been one or two losses each year. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just been Michigan been. really the only losses yeah. you can count for him. He's had some great consistency. Uh, it's been very few teams, Eric. When I look at, I mean, Penn State. You know, when they lost their legend to Joe Paterno, they've kind of been in the doldrums and they've just now gotten it back. Michigan has had some up and down years after Bo Schembechler. They had. Um, mm. Uh, Lloyd Carr, he came through, you know, he won a championship, but they went through a bunch of coaches before they actually landed on Jim Harbaugh. Oklahoma? Uh, Oklahoma before had a, and Riley. When when I was when they left, when they lost Barry Switzer, they mm -hmm. was it was in the dumps forever. Um Miami still has a, has, has hasn't found their 
their niche back since uh, they lost. Uh, so you had Jimmy Johnson. Then you had um, God. I can't think. I my, my my mind is killing me right now. I'm, but, I'm the same. But since they've, you know, you can look at a lot of these coaches at these legendary programs. SC, UCLA after they lost Terry Donahue. I mean, mm-hmm. UCLA still hasn't been back mm-hmm. there, you know. So, so to me, like I said, what I wish Alabama would have did, how I feel like they could have held some consistency, is I I feel like they should have hired within. You know, I I think they should have mm-hmm. gave a young a, a young uh, Tommy Reese a shot at it, or even the DC. Just so you can keep the culture how it is, um, or maybe even one of the other coaches who've been there a little longer, um, to to, okay. to maintain the program. The Alabama as we know it today, we we they have another couple years, and they're done. I'm just telling mm. you, I'm, I'm giving them two years. They're done. Harrison, yeah, I'm right there with you. I think when you're when you're talking about Saban leaving. Uh, those are borderline impossible shoes to fill. I don't care how well of a job you do looking for that next great coach. You could land the best possible coaching candidate, and it's not going to meet Saban standards. Like, I think you're lucky uh, to get another championship in these next few years. We've kind of seen it. We're talking about Ryan Day at Ohio State. Like That is a hire that isn't bad just because they're losing to Michigan. People are already kind of talking about him being on the hot seat. Even though he's winning games, just losing Michigan, that's enough to put in serious pressure on him even though it's a great program by all means. So the expectations at Alabama, um, I like DeBoer. I think what Strickland was saying, he wins right away, gives you some hope. But if he's going to fill the shoes of Saban, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty doubtful. I think they maybe get one in these next few years here, both NIL and the portal all being in play now. It seems like the playing fields are more even than ever. Uh, and it's just tough. I don't think you're going to get nearly the amount of success. Lucky to get even half of it. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Um now, my question then is, one of the ones that's on the horizon, it's just kind of peeking over the mountains, potentially, of, a, of an exit, is up in Michigan. If he decides to leave, I think they're doing it right. And I'm only going to throw this out, and I'm going to leave it out there. But the reason I think they're doing it right is because Sharon Moore is in there. And that's an internal thing that I think that they would probably do to turn it over. And that's and that and that spoke to what you're talking about, class, is the maintain or the the the, the maintaining of the culture and the way of the blueprint that has been set on how you've been able to have success. And whenever you bring someone else in, it always is a, a, a it, it's a it's a thing of uncertainty of the new. Right. For example, you've worked at a job for 25 years, 20 years, 50, whatever. You've worked at a job. So, you know, all the nuances of how things work, you know, all the systems, how they work, you know, all the politics that is working within the system, all of that, you know, but you dip and you go to to another, uh, you know, job, corporation or whatever the case may be. There's a period of uncertainty of the new. And that's why I think you may see a contrast potentially in what's going on in Alabama on a two-year swing and to what potentially may be able to happen in Michigan. Thoughts? There's definitely, like you said, there's definitely going to be a glitch 
in the Matrix. Now, if Kalen DeBoer can go in there and embrace the culture, okay, maybe not change a lot of what they've already done to continue to be successful, mm. um, it can work. Now, a new coach who comes in is going to want to put his own flavor Right. The program. He wants to put his own funk, his own stank on things, right? Now, how is that going to resonate with the people who are there? I'm talking from the coaching staff. There may be some coaching staff turnover also because Kalen's mm-hmm. probably going to want to bring in some of his own people, people that That's he fact. trusts, people who know what he wants to do, people who are thinking like he is. So there's going to be a lot of uncertainty here over these next few years. It's going to be very interesting, but I'm just going to tell you, watch out for that guy over there in Georgia. He's going to test. Mm. He is going to test that seven championships. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's going to test it, I believe, because he was about to go for three this year. Well, he's already stole their best wide receiver and recruiter and one of their best recruiters and, and uh, wide receiver coaches. They already took him and snatched him over there across the border. I'm just telling you guys, if 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 the coach at Georgia, uh, if they would have got into the playoffs, they would have won the championship this year. Mm. I, I, I truly believe it. I don't think Alabama could have beat them twice if they had played again because they would have had a little bit of chip on their shoulder. Georgia, to me, was definitely one of the best four teams in the country. Just unfortunately, they lost in the championship championship Mm. of the conference. They're going to be back next year. I'm just Mm. telling you guys. They're going to be back next year. And I think over these next 10 years, he's going to challenge Nick Saban's seven championships. I believe you. Uh, Harris, I'm going to throw this at you. But what what I see, what I envision the minute that Cluster began to share that story, it's 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 like a dog, right? What happens when a dog comes into a new neighborhood? A dog comes into a new neighborhood and he starts going around and putting his funk, his stank on all of the fire hoses and, and all the yards and the trees. He letting everybody know there's a new dog in town, right? Mm-hmm. So being that that's the case, how do you view it? Uh, from what perspective do you take on it? Yeah, I don't know if I got that creative of an analogy, but definitely I, I think it's going to be tested early. Uh, you, you look at what he's doing, his success right away. One thing I'll say about DeBoer, um, his only year you call somewhat of a slow start was Fresno State, that COVID year, three and three, season ended short. But uh, other than that, the guy first year wins early. You know, he doesn't seem to need a whole lot of time to get his program rolling on all cylinders. And he is walking into an Alabama room where, yes, the, the portal right now is a little bit concerning but you're going to have some real talent in there. So it's going to be interesting to watch Kirby Smart uh, and DeBoer battled out early. I think it is going to be Kirby Smart. He's going to have the edge for a little bit. But as DeBoer kind of works his magic in the SEC, he starts building up more and more of those connections. Those recruiters get more comfortable. Uh, You got some bigger targets to go ahead and recruit now that you're in that group. I think it should be interesting. And I'm going to go ahead and give the edge to Kirby Smart, but I wouldn't be surprised to see if Alabama... Um, can challenge. If it's up to Nick Saban's level, I'm, I'm not going to go anywhere there. But I do think with NIL that it's not going to be Georgia just dominating it year in, year out. It, it might not even be Alabama. Uh, there could be some new players as, as we get closer to this extended playoff bracket as well. Well, we're going we're gonna to get ready to take a break, but here's what I will say. 
Um, I think also when you look at it, 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 it makes it easier when you're stepping into a new uh, program or new situation that you're able to retain the quarterback that's there. And the fact that he's been able to retain uh, Milrow is huge because coming in, trying to find, hoping to land it, that can set your program back significantly, but you've got somebody that 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 you know can get the job done, has got the job done. You were able to coach up Penix to a whole nother level. If you can go in there and take Milro to another level, you still might be all right. That's a great uh, first segment here on WTF. We'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about NIL by way of should Reggie Bush be restored? Should he get his Heisman back? Because we, 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 we have a little bit of debate on that. We'll come back and we'll talk more right here on WTF. We Talk Facts. Back to We Talk Facts on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Strick and Cluster. Yes, yes, yes. We are back. And you're on WTF. We Talk Facts and it's excellent we thank you for joining us here on this cold and brisk night uh listen cluster we're going to get into this because i think this is a wonderful topic of discussion it is a discussion about whether or not reggie bush should be reinstated and the heisman should be returned unto him and listen this is a good topic of discussion i'll 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 break it down initially but you did something big baby you you pull the rabbit out the hat. You 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 put something together. What you do? Without further ado, since we want to talk about the Heisman, since we want to talk about should Reggie Bush get his Heisman back, why not bring on a legend? Okay. How about Nebraska's very first Heisman Trophy winner? A guy who all of Nebraska loves. You can take him anywhere in the country. People gonna know who he is. Uh, <laughs> he 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 he's very uh, philanthropic. Does a lot of things in the community. There's so many things I can say about Johnny Rogers. Uh, I don't even have enough time. We'll waste all the time just talking about all his accolades. <laughs> so, without further Omaha, ado, Omaha, Nebraska legend, world legend, Heisman legend. Let's bring on. Johnny Rogers. How you doing? Johnny R. How you doing? Good, good, man. So glad to have you. Thank you so much for joining us on WTF. Great. You guys got a show, huh? (laughs) Yeah. All right. That's great. (laughs) So listen, Johnny. Johnny, we have to have you come on and be a correspondent from time to time. Give us some of your input. I'll be glad to come on whenever we can. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we definitely absolutely. are glad to have you. So obviously, right now, Johnny, there's been a lot of talk, and and listen, this started probably I want to say back in you know 2021 when NIL started to pop off. Um, you know, Reggie Bush obviously had been stripped stripped of his Heisman, and then you had the Heisman Trust that decided to want the Heisman back. He has not participated. He has not watched. He has not been a part of it until <clears throat> Caleb Williams ends up hoisting his uh, his trophy in the air. That's one of the first times that he ended up watching it. But they've asked him, the Heisman Trust said, they will not return the trophy to him until the NCAA reinstates Bush. 
Bush alleges that the Heisman Trophy or the Heisman Trust had offered him a potential path to reinstatement, but then he refused those orders. He basically states, and I quote, they need to do the right thing and it's time for them to step up and get ahead of this if they want to. You know, it's funny. They have recently asked my attorney for me to go uh, on an all former Heisman Trophy winners and get them to sign on um, getting my trophy back. I will never in a million years do something like that. I didn't need their approval before, and I'm not going to ask for it now. What's your what's your initial take on the fact that Reggie Bush was stripped? Now we have NIL come in. This is why he was stripped because of you know the what what NIL is today. He was basically uh, receiving it before, but the NCAA says, "Hey, we don't have retroactive uh, restoration." What's your initial take on uh, on your thought about what Reggie's saying? What you think <clears throat> NCAA should do? Well, my original thoughts about NCAA, I've always called them no cash at all. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to make sure that they got all the money and you didn't get the money. That's um, a fact. That's a that's, fact. That's a fact. You know, I, I would have had a couple of dollars if, uh, if we had to been fair play. You know, the rules had to be, uh, you know, as they are, as they are now. Uh, but I, I don't think that Reggie should have ever been stripped of his trophy. Uh, it's two separate entities, period. You know, he got the Heisman Trophy for, for, for all the work that he did on the field, mm. period. These are, claim, these are facts. Hard work, a lot of time, a lot of working out. You you guys both know what it, what it, what it really takes to go to that level. You know, there's no doubt that he earned that trophy. Now, mm. Whether he broke a law or a rule or something is very speculative, uh, because they they come and go. But your 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 dedication that you put on the field to try to be, be for young people to have the motivation to be the best that they could be, they just took all that away. Yeah, they just took all that away uh, because it could. My so question: I, 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 uh, Whatever whatever time that opportunity that I would get to to speak up for Reggie. I would do so because I just think it was clear not, not, not fair. So we were athletes back in those days. We worked for food, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and they mad because you get a few dollars because we don't want to work for food. So, uh, that's another type of uh, slavery. Uh, so times have changed, and we've changed with it. And hopefully, at some point in time, that we'll be able to rectify that uh, for Reggie and prevent it for other athletes to come along. Because we have a lot of guys out there putting their, their heart and their souls and trying to be the best you can be. And when you happen to do it, you do it, you put in where you can't take out those long workout days and the nights that you put into the study. And uh, I tell people all the time because they talk about dumb football players. When you had a playbook that got darn thick and you're able, able to implement it on the field in traffic with people coming at you, there are no dumb football players. They know what they're doing. But we were still working for food. And I'm glad that we've gotten the opportunity with the NIL to get our fair share of what it is. Cause all we want is our fair share. Absolutely. So we, we, we got a chance to see Michigan do the right thing with the fab fab five. They went ahead and put their banners back up under them for the final four. What I want to know from you, Johnny is I know you get a chance to talk to all of your Heisman trophy uh, uh, counterparts. I know y'all talk about this. Is there anything you guys could do? I mean, can you protest, you know, solidarity, you know, protest together to, to have the 
Heisman Trust do something for Reggie? Or are they saying, you know, we're wiping our hands of it. We're not going to get involved. I mean, do you guys have the power to say, hey, listen, we won't participate unless you get Reggie back in there? Well, we don't have a lot of guys participating as it is. So I don't think the threat of not getting them to participate would really be make that much a difference. Uh, we did have a meeting about this uh, at our last time we went to the Heisman this past year. Uh, and we, we talked about it. And uh, if I remember correctly, the, their argument really was is that it wasn't really them. It was the uh, uh, the NCAA uh, that was actually had did it and we blocked it. Uh, and that and the NDA, NCAA is bigger than than they are. Uh, bigger than life. So I think that they're, they can't do anything until the NCAA decides to do the right thing. Uh, I don't really think it's in their hands and it's certainly not in our hands. And we only have a, a, a one event or so uh, per year. And the most I ever see uh, out of all the Heisman Trophy winners is 18 to 20 uh, participants actually do come. My next question. Well, you... oh, go, yeah. go ahead. Straight, go ahead straight, no, go no, ahead. no, no. Go ahead. Stay in line because I was going to shift it into another another aspect, but go ahead. Okay, so my my my, my last question now I, I, I shifted to to Strick. Do you ever think, Johnny, that they will ever do the right thing? Do you see this thing maybe somewhere down the line? Can you foresee the NCAA and the Heisman Trust coming together and saying, "Okay, you know what, we got to do the right thing." Well, I, I think the Heisman Trust wants to do the right thing. I, I think if it was really up to them, it would really be no problem in giving him uh, that Heisman back. Um, and I think that as time goes on, uh, that integrity might come into play, uh, and the NCAA would just see that, that they need to do the right thing for future considerations because as the money and opportunities grow, uh, that's going to be just more bizarre as time goes on. And it's going to be a big uh, black mark on them since the majority of the people are really, I think, really believe that Reggie should have his trophy. Okay. Well, let me shift it real quick, Johnny, because I would love your your veteran and your experience and your perspective on this. The NCAA right now uh, has brought down the hammer uh, and the spear on FSU football program where they were hit with multiple penalties uh, regarding NIL violations. Uh, those penalties right now consist of a two-year probation, but what ends up happening, the NCAA says it was impermissible contact that happened between a booster and it involved a player put prospect of transfer prospect uh, to offer a, a name, image, and likeness deal. So they basically had to disassociate with the NIL collective for one season, and the assistant coach will be suspended for three regular season games for his involvement. Now, do you think there's a purpose between why they went down, the, uh, put the hammer down on NIL? Because I believe, this is just my only opinion, this is allegedly, I believe that it's possible that there are a lot more teams out there that have actually done what FSU now is being accused of. Do, do they sometimes have selective <laughs> memories on how they deal with people? Or is, this, or is this just something that they're just trying to implement now that the NIL and the transfer portal has gone bonkers? Well, like you said, things have gone bonkers. Uh, I don't. I really don't know what what their what their what their mindset is. Uh, they're in the wrong. Sometimes, uh, if you're in the wrong and you panic, you do worse. 
And so their brain could bring on worse things before it actually gets better. But as time goes, these things are going to pile on top of each other, and it's going to be more than we can stand. It just shows you the power that uh, that that NCAA has. And like I said, I'm serious when I say no cash at all. They mean it because the more we get, the less they get. <laughs> I mean, mm. so if you we had the power, what would you think? I mean, we try to make it a little better, but uh, I think they're just in fear of losing uh, the power. So they're coming down while they can with what they can. Well, e, it's I'm definitely gonna... injustice. It definitely none of that you talk about. It doesn't make any sense uh, at all. Mm. We're all adults. It's a semi college is darn near semi semi pro anyway. Everybody's making money but the players. And mm. now the players started making money uh, with the NIL. They're gonna find some type of restriction or something to make them look bad, uh, as if it's not good. But everybody's sharing. What's wrong with everybody sharing? Yeah, okay. Good. Well, listen, good. Here's the million dollar question, Johnny. I'm I'm about to shift shift it somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> we we've covered Reggie Bush. We got your opinion on if he should get his husband back. And I and I think that I I knew what maybe you might have said. Uh I, I think most of those people I, you brought up some really good points on the fact that he earned it on the field and what happened off the field, it, it has nothing to do with with nothing. You know that that's that that's that's almost like what happened to uh, uh, SMU when they got the death penalty. Like, I don't think he deserved what happened to him. But anyway, here's a million dollar question. Let, let's switch things really fast to Nebraska football. Okay. I knew that was coming. Because <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get your opinion. I mean, you've seen a lot go down. We've seen a lot of coaches come and go. I just want to know. You know, we, we got Coach Rule in here. Have you had an opportunity to meet Coach Rule and talk to him about, you know, and, and give him your opinion of, of, you know, the culture of Nebraska and, and what you think it takes to get things back rolling again? Has he talked to you at all? No, we haven't talked in that matter. And, yes, I do know Matt. Uh, he spoke at my last uh, Jet Award dinner. Uh, he came down. So we, we do have a relationship down there. Uh, but they don't ask former players for no information. Uh, and I don't know. I, I'm hoping that Rule will try to do better than the, than the past coaches have done in administration. Uh, we expect a lot out of Treb. I don't know if we're getting it, uh, our money's worth or not. But uh, uh, we're hoping for a change and that he would represent a change. I really believe that he's a good coach and he has the possibilities to, to take us a, a long way on the coaching aspect. How they treat our people, I don't know. Um, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, we have to see, but we have, we have to have more diversity. We got, and we got, we can't talk about, it, we have to see it. Yeah. And then the, the players got to come back and they got to say that they've been treated fairly and that they, they earned their positions and they weren't just nothing political going on yeah. uh, for his career because guys like Mike rule, uh, they, they already got their look, they, they got it made. Their, their futures are so bright. They got to wear shades. Uh, it's time to really do the right things because it's uh, they have an opportunity to really make a change that will be lasting uh, so we can establish uh, a true winning tradition back in Nebraska again. Uh, when I came uh, to Nebraska, Bob DeVetti told me that if I came, that he was going to recruit more black players than any other time in history. And he did. He did. That's exactly what he did. And we won. And so and we didn't win because we had favoritism. We had because 
we got guys like Richie Glover, who all the Labari Trophy winners, you know, Spider Atkins. Yeah. Spider was faster than I was. You know, it yeah. was it was just tough. Yeah. Uh, but we had we had great players, and we have we had. I, I'm really proud to say I thought about this the other day that uh, on our team coming up, I really it was I didn't know racism until after I left uh, college. Wow. After. You know, I, yeah. I didn't even know what it was. Uh, I had a great coach in high school. Uh, you know, my, my grade school, a uh, gymnastic teacher uh, was a white guy who brought me all the way through. Uh, when I got to junior high school, pretty much the same way. My baseball coach in, uh, at uh, Tech High got me drafted to the Dodgers. Um, my football coach, you know, they, they pushed me uh, to get to Nebraska. Plus, I, I could have went to 50 different places. You know, uh, and I got to Nebraska, Bob Devaney. I told him he was going to do some things, and I'm sure he's not a perfect guy, uh, but he did He did what he said he was going to do. Yeah. And uh, and, and we won. And so I would like just to see that, that people can go back on the history and, and see that they kept their word, because history is his story. Mm. His story. I'm gonna Good tell you stuff. What. Thank you. Thank you so much. Go ahead. I was just going to say this. I'm going to tell you where Matt Rule has been different than the previous coach, who I'm not going to say his name. I think everybody know who he is. Scott, we, thought, we thought the previous coach would do a better job of reaching out to his former teammates and maybe getting some insight to especially what's going on locally. And I think that Coach Rule is doing that. I mean, he's working with Abdul Muhammad. You know, he's worked with uh, Vershawn. He's worked with Damon. He's worked with Steve Warren. So shout out to those four guys. I know that Coach Rule does talk to those guys and try to keep uh, keep his ears to the to the streets with those guys and kind of try to have an inside track. Uh, matter of fact, I think Coach Rule is in is in Omaha tonight having dinner with with some recruits. So uh, oh, one second, fellas. He's doing his job. Well, Johnny, man, we 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 appreciate. It. We definitely got to have you back because you touched on some topics that we literally could have dug into for a good hour just on that alone. But uh, we got to get a break because we got some bills. We got to play pay with some of these uh, well, these sponsors. Play. You know, <laughs> no free meals. Ready done his work. He should have got paid. And you know, you you can't you can't take away something someone put an effort on one side to win. And you take it for something else that happened off off over here someplace, uh, just because you can. That, that's yeah. just, that's just being abuseful, and that, that's not gonna go down well in history at all. Well, thank you, Johnny, for joining us right here on WTF. We got facts, or we talk facts. But listen, we appreciate you because we knew it was short notice, but yet you jumped on. We appreciate you for your time. I'm always here whenever I can help, fellas. Thank there you, Johnny. He is. Teamwork, the legend. Uh -huh. Johnny the Jet, the legend. We're going to go take a couple of commercials because guess what's coming? Oh, the moment of the week. WTF moment of the week is coming up next. We're going to get into a couple of those clips when we get back right here on WTF We Talk Facts. Back to We Talk Facts on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Strick and Closing out. The segment here for the day, this Thursday, Thirsty Thursday, as we would say again. But it is time for the new and improved WTF Facts Moment of the Week. Start it off, Harrison. Let's get it. All right. We're starting with the Pistons game here. 
Uh, some interesting commentating. Well, it's good to see him make his free throw there. He was only three there, of yeah, eight. That's a violation. You can't wow. do that. This is why in so one hey, reason why the Pistons are three and 35. Hey. <laughs> Run it right back. Run it right back one more time so they see. Well, it's good to see him make his free throw there. He was only two yeah, of eight. That's a violation. You can't wow. do that. This is why in so one hey. reason why the Pistons are three and 35. Hey. One of the reasons why what? Say it again. They're three and thirty-five. Boneheaded plays like that. WTF facts. Big eyes. What the <laughs> was that? You know, Strick. I don't know if I could add anything to what you just said. Uh, total bonehead. Oh, it's good move. to see him make his free throw there. Oops. Um, you know, here. here. Oops. <laughs> You got a young team that just they're, they're just out of sorts right now. You know what I'm saying? And and they can't even get out of their own way right now. They can't. They can't. I, I, I actually feel bad for them, man. I do. I do. What is the stuff that Aaron Rodgers be smoking, that peyote? What is what is this? They, they smoking a lot of that peyote down there in Detroit right now. I don't know. It's depressing. What's going that, on? That, that DMT. That DMT. Whatever, whatever's going on up there is no bueno. No, what's next? <laughs> All right, what's next, Harrison? Uh, from the down. NBA lowlights to the NBA highlights, here is Dame Time, uh, Milwaukee. Get oh, oh. Give it up. Get it back. Only a matter of time before we were going to get that iconic, iconic shot for the regular season. It was now, only a matter of time. It was only a matter of time, but there's something that you missed in it. I wish we could show you more of that clip. Go and look at more of that damn time clip. There's something that happened that if you didn't see it and if you don't know, now you know, as Biggie would say. Here's the thing. Look at Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez. He gets the ball, it's Dame time, and Brooke Lopez is like, here, here, give me the rock. Boy, you could have seen his expression after Dame time hit that shot. Everybody's celebrating with Dame, but Brooke Lopez walks off like he the, he the, uh, he the children of the corn. He out there by himself. He was yeah. upset. He was upset, my boy. Wow. You got to go see the whole thing. Like, wow. you didn't see the aftermath. And I'm not talking about Dr. Dre's uh, flop album. It's it's what he did after is what's the crazy WTF moment. It's dang time. It was a moment for him, a shining star. But watch what Brooke Lopez did after. Ruined by a selfish teammate. Boy, you can it was see him. He thing. does call for the ball on the way up here. Um, I don't know if he was looking for the flip back to Brooke Lopez, but you can see it all the way up until Damian Lillard releases the shot. He's kind of got his hands out getting ready for the shot uh, beneath him. But Strickland, I know what you're talking about. And as the rest of the team celebrates, you see Brooke Lopez on the far other side. <laughs> nowhere near Dame time. <laughs> nowhere near. It is the funniest thing. That's what, look, it was a moment, but that was the extra moment. I wish you could have seen it, but go and look it up. Because then you would understand what I was saying. Everybody's there right now to include yep. Giannis. Brooke Lopez is going towards the bench. Mad to the mug. <laughs> Mad listen, to the mug. Brooke wanted his moment. He'd been in he the NBA 20 years. He's like, listen, I need this shot. Oh, man. Dame has done that so many times. I mean, you would think that people would shield him from getting the ball. 
Yeah, man. Yeah, that part. He's but got it ice water daytime. in his veins, baby. He's got ice water. You got to feed Great. Splash Mountain sometimes, man. He's got the nickname for a reason. Absolutely. <laughs> That's exactly right. What a great show today. Thank you guys once again for joining us on WTF We Talk Facts. Big weekend again today at Pinnacle Bank Arena. If you don't got your tickets, go out there. It's going to be fun to see some of my brothers come back, man, and share that moment that we shared together. It was a special moment. There's great stories in it. Well, you'll probably hear us talk about it a little bit more. There'll probably be a few of them that come in on the show on on the block, but we appreciate you again. Cluster Johnson, anything on parting words? Ahala. (laughs) Harrison. I'll see you guys Monday, or excuse me, Sunday, Sunday morning. I'll see you then. <laughs> Peace. WTF, we out.